eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, gopowercat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast, one that promises to be promising is that how that works tim fitzgerald zach carlson ryan gilbert your usual trio here to answer your questions from wabash station and they could be entertaining coming off kansas state's 48 point hold on let me double check the mic from microphone yeah 48 point loss that's you you're hearing it right folks 48 point loss to baylor which is clearly better than Kansas State, but 48 points we shall discuss. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure when you're in town, you stop at The Fridge. If you're coming in town Saturday for the gigantic Big 12 reunion game at Bramlage Coliseum between Kansas State and Texas A&M, uh, go to The Fridge and drink if you're going to watch K-State basketball. And also, if you're in town, stop at one of our segment sponsors, Tanner's or the High Low, and I will see them very soon. Beer is in my future because, boys, I've been vaccinated. It really, I thought it was going to get superpowers. I thought I'd be able to fly, maybe grow horns. You know, the, the conspiracy theory was it would sterilize people. Ha! Doesn't work on me. I'm already there. So that doesn't count. But, boys, I'm looking forward to it. And Zach is a special bonus to that. That means you can come over to do this podcast in the near future. Very nice. And Gills? Well, Gills, you probably could, too. <laughs> I mean, Zach's – think about it. Zach's had COVID, so he's kind of got some immunity built up here. And uh, I will have my vaccine in place unless I'm the one in 20 where it doesn't work. But, yeah, we could actually do this in person a couple weeks from now. A couple weeks, we'll be able to do it. I'm looking forward to that, actually. Because this this isn't the same. It just isn't the same. And plus, dude loves you dudes a lot. So. He does. <laughs> oh, Zach, you're going to be asking the question today. What do we got cooking? I mean, do I need to ask? It or is, is it going to be pretty it obvious? Is all basketball. And you know the topic at hand. Lots of Bruce Weber. A lot of these questions are actually asked before the game. And surprise, surprise, they still apply <laughs> after last night. So we'll get into it. First question from TN Cat. 
How bad will things have to get before Gene Taylor fires Bruce Weber? And also from Ricky Ticky Tavi, what has to happen in order for the administration to pull the trigger and fire or force to retire Bruce Weber? Well, it's a financial consideration. I mean, you got to weigh out what it's going to cost you to do this because there's a buyout. You know, as you calculate in, if you behind, hire a new coach that costs less, there's some savings that goes towards that buyout. Do you have donors willing to pay directly into the buyout, or does it have to come out of your operating funds? But there's a longer calculation. How is this impacting donations? Probably very difficult to tell right now in this environment. How is it going to impact ticket sales? Again, that's a hard calculation, but I'll say this. I don't think they're consistently selling out their allotment of 1500 Maybe they are. Um, but it, it sure doesn't seem like it. It seems like if you want to go to K-State basketball, even at a 1500 limit, you can get in. So it's all about finances and where the program's going. If, if Gene Taylor feels like this really is a natural evolution and COVID's added to the issue and they'll be back on track with a regular non-pandemic season next year and the process will start over and we can wait for you know, at least two years to be average in the Big 12 because I don't see any way that happens next year. And then, you know, maybe in three years when these freshmen are seniors, you're looking at Big 12 title contender. If that's, you know, what he thinks the program can survive, then he won't make a move. And so we'll see what the finances look like. But here, here's what makes it difficult is there's no way that any of us will will know those calculations and what Gene Taylor's thinking because he's not going to come out and talk openly about things. That never goes well for any boss to talk about his coach or anyone that he might be firing. You know, just as an outsider looking in, and, and I like to think that I kind of know how all these calculations work, I entered this season understanding that this would be a rebuild. But my measurement from the very start was what kind of progress are we going to see? And that, that really was it. I mean, if I feel like these young guys are, are benefiting from this, a lot of playing time opportunities, they get better, they get more competitive then yeah, uh, stay the course. But here we are nine games into the big 12 schedule, which is more than halfway because I don't think they're going to make up Iowa state. I'm not seeing it. In fact, I think they're regressing, which is, you know, disturbing. But, Gills, you got to agree. You get your teeth kicked in that many times, it's probably hard to go out there with a lot of enthusiasm or to go out there with a big smile like Bruce Weber wants, which was a weird statement. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's tough, man. I don't know what to say. I really don't. It's uh... – you know, I've only been alive for 21 years, but this is the worst I've seen a K-State basketball team perform. So, you know, last half of the of the conference play, I mean, you got to hope they can get better, but I, I don't even know if that's possible. We'll see. I don't know if it can get any worse, but we'll see about that as well. Well, I think Saturday's big. I mean, but we've I mean, said that like four games in a row. Oh, next game, they're finally going to well, come out. Well, I think this is different because the it's an SEC team. Right. It's, this is a team. It's a reset. You can go out there and you don't – yes, you want to try and you want to win the game. And you really – you this this may be the last opportunity to win a game. I don't really know how good Texas A&M is, but this is – 
you know, we talk, we've talked about it in years past on the podcast. Is it worth it to play a non-conference game smack dab in the middle of big 12 season? Because a lot of these teams, you know, they're rolling. They want to play these big 12 teams, stay in the conference. And this serves as a distraction. I think that this is actually the opposite this year. And, you know, I've always argued that it's fine to play this game, but this is a real big benefit for K-State. This is, you can forget about the losing streak in the conference, the overall losing streak. You can go out and you can try winning a game and just clear your mind, mental reset. And maybe if you win this game, you can pick some up on the back end of the Big 12. Kansas State has an opportunity to take the court against a 7-7 seven and seven team. They're 2-5 and five in the SEC and they've lost three in a row. I mean, that, that type of opportunity, now that you're not going to get to play Iowa State, literally doesn't exist in this conference. I mean, the next best team is uh, TCU, or worst team, however you want to look at it. <clears throat> so um, they get TCU one more time, unfortunately, in Fort Worth. Um, but as I wrote, between now and then, and I write it in the story today or tomorrow or one of my stories, I mean, they've got five Big 12 games. Four of them are against top 15 programs. Texas, Texas Tech, KU twice. And, oh, by the way, they have to go to Oklahoma State, which isn't a ranked team, but probably is an NCAA tournament team. Those are their five conference games before they get to TCU, which might be the most winnable Big 12 game left if they don't play Iowa State a second time. So, yeah, this game's big because it gives them an outside measurement. But, honestly, it's only for uh, a salve to help your feelings if they can be competitive because they're not a member of the SEC. It's a non-conference game. And in the big scope of things, your job is to be competitive within your neighborhood, with your peer institutions. That's why you're in a conference. Nobody says, hey, I know we were ninth or 10th in the Big 12, but we would have won a conference we're not in. Well, it doesn't matter. So it's, it, it's their last great opportunity to maybe win. And God, Gills, maybe just to be competitive. They're not competitive. And that's what's really troubling me. It was the JV squad going up against the varsity team. Could a single player on K-State's roster, other than the walk-ons that came in and came in at the end of that game, even play for Baylor? Not, no. Nobody in K-State's starting lineup would be in the rotation for Baylor. Now, I've said that about KU-K-State matchups in the past, but it seems like there was always one guy. Yeah, Cardi Martin would play. Jeremiah Massey would play. You know, you can go through the years. Someone would have played. Last year, Xavier Sneed would probably have played some. This year, these guys, there are three, if not four teams in this conference whose worst player in their rotation would be K-State's best player, if that makes sense. If you have an eight, nine-man rotation, number eight or nine would probably be the best player on the court for K-State. Man, it's bad. For the sake of clarity, are we considering Nigel Pack the best player right now? Probably. Probably. I don't Okay. I think talent-wise, yeah, but at this point in time, I think Mike McGurl is the most solid all-around player. Ooh. So he could, I think he could be a, I, a Christian Brown on KU or something like that. Not Mike, be a role player. No, no, I no Christian 
Christian Brown's a lot better than Mike McGurl. Now, Mike mm. Mike McGurl's kind of a shooting, yeah, a, a utility you know player that can defend and play some point, and that's the problem. Is Mike is being forced to do things that Mike shouldn't be asked to do. Mm-hmm. He's a role player. He's he's a guy coming off the bench. He can do a little of this and a little of that, but all of a sudden he finds himself feeling like I got to get a bucket. That that should never be Mike McGurl's job because he's just not that kind of player. He's a 20-minute guy. He's the yeah. seventh guy, eighth guy off the bench. Yeah. 20 minutes is really what he is. But, yeah, if you consider Nigel Pack, I guess, I don't know if I agree that he wouldn't make three or four of the teams. But, yeah, last night, Baylor steamrolled K-State. doesn't matter who K-State put out there. Next question is from Old School. He's new-ish, new to the podcast, so welcome. Oh, is he new or old? New, old, old school? He, new? His name is Old School. <laughs> he is new to the site. So he's new school. And I don't know if he took advantage of our current special, but we are running a 60% off special. Nice. So if you nice want drop. to sign up. Yeah, realize I don't think I don't remember you mentioning that at the beginning. Of course not. I I, I, I can't remember everything. I, yeah, I introduced to you. Give me a yeah. break, man. Got us. So yeah, sign up if you're if you're still not a member. Go ahead and sign up. Sixty percent off your first year when you join. You have until signing day next week, I believe. So get signed up. Anyway, old school asks: Is Bruce Weber's superpower lowering expectations? <laughs> Every year, there's a new reason to wait until next year before considering firing him. It's a great point. Um, his superpower is always having the excuse that we're a young team, except for that one season when they're not, when they have, you know, the se- the guys finally made it to their senior year. That They're always a young team, except well, once in a while they get old. Well, I think two out of nine years they've been old because so few people make it to their senior year at K-State. You recruit six, on average two, articulate through the program and play four years. I mean, you're always young when you can't retain players for whatever reason. And making it worse, they can't retain them because they stink. Most of the guys who leave aren't good. You don't want them around. So you're always, always rebuilding if you're losing players at that alarming rate. And it's going to happen at the end of this season. It It's just inevitable at this point. Well, if you fire him, you're going to lose the freshman. Well, if he sticks around and the freshman feel like it's not going to get better, you might lose him then. So, I don't know. Yeah, there's always there's always a reason. But I will push back on one thing. What this pandemic has done to to certain teams and their ability to prepare or get better has been really crippling for some. And teams like Baylor that, frankly, didn't need as much preparation because they're older and wiser and they know what to do before they even hit the practice floor, big advantage. So this pandemic literally hit K-State's program at the worst time. But again, that can be true. And also it can be true that K-State's program should have never been in this rebuild. You should never have it this bad in year nine of a program. Both can be true. From Ema Wildcat 82. Well, 
will Bruce just own up to his shortcomings of late and announce his retirement? And will this, this would give Gene Taylor a pathway similar to Snyder 1.0 and that announcement and provide us ample time to select a replacement? No, no. I mean, you know, Snyder retired, but he got his buyout. You know, it was a Snyder 1.0. Oh, Snyder 1.0. Snyder 1.0. I don't even see things have changed that drastically in the last 15 years. You know, think about it. I mean, now the buyouts are huge. I mean, there's literally millions of reasons for Bruce not to retire. Exactly. 2.7 reasons, million reasons. So uh, he's not going to retire. Maybe he'll go to Gene and say, let me go out with dignity and say I'm retiring, but give me my buyout and I'm out and everything's cool. Maybe they'll dress it up that way. But, uh, yeah, you got to take the money. All of us would. I mean, Zach, if you were my boss and I could either quit or you'd fire me and I'd make 10 bucks, give me my damn 10 bucks, Zach. <laughs> Last question of the first half from El Camino Cat. Let's assume there's a coaching change at the end of the season. Do you think anybody on the staff should be retained? Retained? I, I was thinking you were going considered as a replacement, which is no. Retained? Probably not. I mean. Luke Sauber? I mean, you know, I. People that, people that aren't part of the program, really, and they're going to be the men's basketball trainer for as long as they want to be, you know, those types of people, Tom Gilbert, the SID. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He stole my answer. I look, no, I don't think so. I mean, whoever comes in will want to do things their way, have their people. And honestly, if there was someone so proven and entrenched, you know, to be woven into the fabric of the roster and it helped retain guys, maybe you do, but that's more of a football thing. Basketball, the reality is you want to go get your own guys. You want to have people you know, you trust, you think can do the job at the new place you're going. And you you want to probably change the culture. If you're coming in because a coach is being fired, you want to remove a lot of that culture. Now, I know a lot of you think, well, does that mean the players will transfer? And look, the first job of a new coach is to recruit the players on the roster that he wants. But we forget something because he never uses it, and it frustrates me. He he compliments guys like like the coaches at Baylor and Texas Tech. They're great GMs because they, they use the transfer portal. It goes both ways. Players can go in it, and players can come out of it in your town. And so now a new coach is at a great advantage here. Didn't retain anyone on the staff. Players got upset. You know, seven of them left. Well, if you grind and work, you can transfer portal recruit seven guys with more experience, more proven, and maybe a, a pretty decent roster. It's a huge advantage right now. It's it's like the dawn of free agency in college athletics. So if you've got to make a, a change, now's a pretty good time, really. You know, if Shane Southwell was on the level of Colin Klein, maybe, but he's Shane Southwell, and he's only been here for this is his only year, right? Mm-hmm. Has he yep. been here longer than two years? Well, he was well, here he before. Here May. I mean, yeah, he's been here before, but you know, he's just if, if maybe if he'd been around a couple more years, and if he'd be on the level of Colin Klein, yeah, maybe. But there, 
there's no real value, I guess, in keeping him. I don't think that he's going to sway any one player to stay if there is a coaching change and he gets retained. Okay. So I, I don't many, think the value's there. How many years can you be a graduate assistant for? Just as long as you're in school? Because yeah, I don't two, know about J.O., but that'd be someone that come to mind. I have no clue. Yeah. I, you age out eventually. I mean, yeah. you could move into a player personnel role, a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. J.O., that's my answer. Then, yeah. No. I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see if we even have to worry about this. Again, this is all up to Gene Taylor. He's going to play his cards very close to his vest. And he won't be firing anyone during the season. I mean, that's just it doesn't make sense this year. Um if there's a toxic coach, if if you just have to remove him from the environment, then yeah, but that's not that's not the case here. Well, I'll do it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I don't need to really tease the second half. We're going to talk more about K-State basketball and Bruce Weber's future with K-State basketball after this break. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Gilbert, Zach Carlson is asking the questions today. He is our MC, but the MC of our hopes and dreams is always the fridge wholesale liquor. Oh, the fridge, the fridge. I'm kind of dressed like a poet, so maybe I should write a poem about the fridge. Should I do, should I, Zach, should I do that right now live on the podcast? No, I don't think you could do it. The fridge, the fridge. I miss you, but just a smidge. <laughs> if you make a haiku, I'd give you props. That, that I, wasn't a haiku, though. I, I am not a haiku guy. I I look at haikus and I'm like, yeah, that, that sucks. So... No, I'm not going to do that. Our second, what? I was going to mention a thing on haikus. My favorite thing on Reddit. If you make a comment and there's there's a haiku bot, and if you do your your comment just right, it'll it'll turn it into a haiku as a response. If you just did it accidentally, it'll turn things into haikus that you didn't know. I'll be damned. Or that you meant to be a haiku. Reddit they sometimes turn out very beautifully. Reddit offering free haikus. And dominating the stock market. What a world in which we live. <laughs> what, a, what a world. 
Get into the high, low, and tanners when you're in Manhattan and support local businesses like The Fridge. Kevin's done an incredible thing with his business, growing from a little liquor store to the market leader and the big King Kong of liquor here in... That's not a bad name, King Kong Liquor. Huh. There we go, Gills. Here's your business. Let's get going. More questions from Wabash Station. Zach, take us through this therapy session. All right, more basketball on the way from I Like Pickles Cat. What are Bruce's strengths at this point? Um, quality person. Like I said this a few years ago, uh, if the NCAA is going to start pushing the rules, which it looked like for a brief window they were, but now we're into this weird long dormant period in which Kansas is under investigation forever, which how it's being handled isn't fair to Kansas, and it's not fair to everyone else. Because if you're not going to do anything to them, just let's move on so everyone knows they can cheat. I mean, if you need to drive 65, hey, Bruce Weber's your guy. And he's going to keep it between the lines, not going to exceed the speed limit. He's going to get you there, safe fashion, without getting in trouble. He, He has done a remarkable job with... A couple teams now at K-State. I mean, I almost feel like, I don't want this to sound like I'm just saying it was luck, but in some ways, what happened with his three guys was fortunate, was incredible, because I'm not seeing that kind of consistent development out of a lot of guys that come through the program, but he had three and Stokes, Brown, and Wade that all hit at the same time, and bingo, uh, they won a Big 12 title couple seasons ago. And I mean, honestly, what happened to get to the elite eight was great fortune also, but that's the NCAA tournament. You were the one K state was the one for once to catch the break. So I'm not discounting that either, but there is some fortune involved, but he's now proven he can really do well with other people's players, which, you know, he's done that at Illinois and Kansas state. And it underscores this. He's a good coach. But he can't get the dudes that he needs to be at the highest level consistently. And we're seeing that happen now. So uh, he can coach. He probably needs to be a place where it's a little bit less competitive for big-time talent. Because honestly, a lot of the guys I feel like he gets to K-State, he could get if he was back at Southern Illinois or another Missouri Valley school. But if you're going to follow the rules, he's your guy. In fact, I've seen a couple programs that have popped up with some serious NCAA issues, and I thought, well, if he's available, you might want to hire Bruce Weber. He will clean you up. And that's that's commendable. But in a world in which you don't get to drive 65, in which if you go the speed limit, you get passed, he's not your guy. I mean, you, you just got to gotta set that cruise eight miles per hour over the speed limit, you don't get pulled over, you get to go faster, you get there sooner, more efficiently, and you also get to see all the programs that the NCAA doesn't pull over for going 107, zoom right past you. So uh, if, if, if we were existing in a world in which the NCAA actually enforced its rules, Bruce would thrive. He really would. But this, this, this isn't working. I know that. The way I see Bruce, Bruce's strengths, I'd consider it to using your toothpaste bottle. He can take all of the goodness and he can stretch that bottle 
to last him so long, but he's ran it dry for, you know, two or three years. And, you know, we still talk about, oh, there's still toothpaste in the bottle. Well, those Big 12 championships were a while ago. You know, at some point, you know, you're going to have to go find some more toothpaste. You're going to have to go find some more success. So he's, he's, he does very, he's done a very good job of creating these highs and giving the satisfaction to the fan base that it's easy to get blinded by recent results and bad results and still think, hey, we still know we can win a Big 12 championship with him. You know, we need to ride with him. So I think that that's kind of his strength there is that he can, he can ride the highs longer than they probably should last. The waves have crashed, but there he is still on a surfboard. Fitz, you mentioned what I was going to say just with, you know, if Weber's in the right situation, he's a good coach schematically. He can, you know, have a good defense, whatever. He's good at, at actually coaching the game of basketball if the situation's right, like he had at Illinois with Bill Self's players, and then Frank Martin's players here in Manhattan, and then the big three. Obviously, goes without saying that the biggest issue is actually getting to that level and retaining his players. Next question is from Snarecat3. I've been brainstorming ways to change this basketball program's trajectory. Can we get Jacob Pullen on the staff? You know, uh, K-Staters are so fiercely loyal. You know, they always want a K-Stater. And I, I appreciate that, but it also kind of, you know, limits you a little bit. I put this up kind of in jest on the message boards. Um, but, I mean, we all know there's probably a leader here for the coaching job if you've been following along. But I've been also promoting Kim English, who I really believe in, who's really young and unproven, and you'd want to put a veteran coach next to him, someone who's been a head coach, someone who's been around it, but someone probably that isn't just there for being a doorstop, someone who can improve your team and, you know, not just be a counselor to the coach, but also really good. I would take Danny Manning as associate head coach, a KU guy and a Missouri guy. And I don't care if there's not a K-Stater on the, on the bench. It's that bad, folks. To get back to where the program wants and deserves to be, you might have to go with someone outside the family. It's, it's the truth. And then you go find a couple recruiters, proven recruiters, maybe guys tied to AU, something to go get you some players. It's the way the game's played. Now, would I love it eventually if Jake's on the staff and learns how to coach and might be the head coach in 15 years, 10 years? Absolutely. But I also want whatever's best for K-State next season. Whatever that is, that's what I want. So I think uh, if you hire Tad Boyle from Colorado and he brings in Danny Manning and I don't know who else, I'm running out of KU people. Uh, I'll take it. Screw it. I'll take it. Let's go. Let's let's find what's best for K-State basketball. From a very hairy man, <laughs> think back on this season and see if you can remember how many weeks ago the following <laughs> statement was true. It's the second half of a basketball game, and K-State has the lead. <laughs> that... Omaha. Omaha. Well, yeah. I mean that's the last win. Did they make a buzzer beater to yeah they kind of win it? Did they ever have? Did they 
I'm, I think they technically had the lead in the second half at some point there. And it wasn't one of those, those Michigan state down the entire game, but they block a punt and they score a touchdown to win the game. Jacksonville, think, Jacksonville was did, really, did K-State ever have the lead against Oklahoma state? Cause I know that final score wasn't really indi- indicating how close the game not was. Not in the second half. I don't okay. think. I mean, it's Man. been a month since K-State's been competitive and they only beat Omaha by two points. It's been before Christmas since K-State had a thoroughly enjoyable performance. Mm. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that sounded pathetic. This is, it's awful. Uh, You know, folks, I don't know what to say at this point. And Bruce Weber comes out after the game, I don't know what to say. You're the one person who should know what to say. You know everything going on. Uh, we're left here trying to figure out what's going on from the outside. And it's not just, it's not just COVID. It's not. These guys aren't learning how to play basketball. And here's the thing. You don't have enough guys to practice. Well, you know what? I, I used to play on my driveway and I would dribble and shoot and work on free throws and dribble and then maybe a buddy come over and we pass we have fun passing the ball around doing stuff didn't even have to have a basket to make basketball fun almost like football you just toss around the ball dribble a little bit here guard me have fun these guys don't have proper guarding techniques dribbling they're not consistent shooting i mean if you didn't have enough players to practice your defense and your offense why didn't you practice the shots you will take during the course of a game and how to create those shots? You need probably six guys to work on proper post entries and getting the ball inside. Last night, they started two big men, excuse me, Wednesday night. We're taping this on Thursday. In order to get the ball inside, they did it two possessions, didn't work. Let's shoot a bunch of stinking threes. That's just a poorly coached team. That doesn't have any definition of what they should do. And just because you didn't have 10 guys in practice doesn't stop you from practicing the things that create that. If they're going to be a bunch of three-point shooters, when you only had seven guys in practice, let them shoot three-pointers the whole stinking game or whole stinking practice. Let them just sit out there and chuck it up. Because this this ain't good, man. You got guys that are trying to do things they can't do. They should have been working on things that made them fundamentally better if you couldn't get them to understand the offense or defense because you were shorthanded. They sh- their fundamentals should be incredible. That should have been all they're working on if you couldn't scrimmage. I hated passing drills in basketball practice. Oh, great. We're going to stand around and pass the ball between us. But we knew how to pass the ball. We knew how to set a pick. Knew how to dribble. God, we spent a lot of time dribbling for Denny Walgreen. Man, last night was this team can't do this. Last night was just go ahead. It was just terrible, and I felt like, especially early on in the first half during that forty-one-seven run, it looked like the NBA All Star game. It looked like Baylor was just scoring at will. K State was running, or Baylor would run down there, and K State would kind of just stand there, not really play defense. They were just there but K-State couldn't go down on the other end to get their own share of the points. It seriously just, it looks like Baylor wasn't even trying. 
neither teams were trying basically. And Baylor was just that good that they just made K-State look terrible during that, you know, when it was 41 to seven, I don't remember what the, if that was the largest deficit in that first half there, but it just, it was embarrassing. I've never been more embarrassed by a performance by K-State basketball than I was when I, when it was 41 to seven and the ESPN announcer saying, Hey, have some pride here. That was scathing yeah. to, to what this team is and what this team has been the last month. What, we weren't even trying. We had a question, what is Bruce Weber's strengths? And you, everyone could probably list off weaknesses, zone, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. But here, here's my biggest thing, is when certain teams that are colored red and blue with yellow shoes really need a basket, really need a hoop, out-of-bounds play, a set piece that everyone's seen a million times where they run it so well. That's what Bill Self does. The times are so rare when Bruce Weber runs set pieces that earn his team two points. It's hard to remember them. But they do have that low post pick where Davion Bradford comes across or whoever it is, catches the ball and has an easy bucket. A good coach can go get your team two points to break a run. But you look at the amount of runs this team has put up with. They have been spanked with a long stretch of not getting a basket or just one basket over and over this season. And your coach should be able to have you prepared to go get a bucket. Go get a basket. Here's what we're going to do. Our backs are against the wall. Run the Carlson. Run the Carlson. That's a play call, Zach. And, and then they, they run the Carlson and you get two points. Whatever it is, it be that stupid weave KU does out front. Okay, they got better players. That's great. But you can Last find question. things. Go ahead. Last question of the podcast from ITK1989. If you're new, welcome. I don't remember ever putting in the podcast, and I forgot to I forgot to look up your post history, to be quite honest. So if you're not new, you're getting a welcome, so welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm trying to think if we have ever been beat by 50 points in a game, even in the Asbury-Wildridge era. No, this was the worst loss in K-State basketball history since the 1800s, since all of K-State basketball that was the largest margin of defeat. I I would like to order or add a correction here. I didn't realize this, but K State basketball didn't start till like nineteen oh two. My bad. My bad. I had said it earlier. Nineteenth century. But still, they lost lost by forty seven in nineteen thirty four, which is an incredible feat considering how low the games were in scoring back then. So to get beat 68-21 by Oklahoma, which sounds like a football score uh, from the 1980s, 70s, whatever. Ah, oh, man. The worst Baylor, almost, Baylor almost covered the spread twice. Las Vegas was being polite to K-State last night, giving them 26 points, if you think about it. They were being polite. I... I Gills, I, I did uh, Jake LeBond's show out of Topeka on WIBW. Uh, 
I think the show's called Jake is Great, He's No Fake. I don't know what it's called. I can't remember what it's called. Sports Talk with Jake LeBon. Anyhow, I'm I'm a smart ass on that show. Shocking. I know you're shocked. I can see the look on your face right now. You're stunned by that. He asked me what I feared most about the Baylor game, and I said tip off. I couldn't have been more right, even though I was being a wise ass. Mm -hmm. It went south after tip-off. It got to a double-digit lead so quick it would make your head spin. And like you said, Zach, it was 41-7. to And K-State didn't know what the hell was going on. (laughs) It couldn't get a bucket. Hey, here's the solution. Let's shoot more three-pointers. We're not good at that. Let's do that. How? Why? At least they ran that, hey, let's shoot the half-court shot right before a halftime buzzer play, and it worked. How about that, guys? That was the best thing that's happened (laughs) in the last 30 days of K-State basketball. They lost by 48 and hit a shot from beyond half-court to end the first half. It should have been 51. By all rights, it should have been 51. Like Bruce has said, at least they didn't lose by infinity, right? God, they were working on it. You know, one thing to mention here, and Riley, Riley Gates, formerly of this podcast, oh. he posted I remember. last night's nope. quote about Bruce saying to smile. Well, back in 2012, he mentioned players need to smile, you know, have a good time or whatever. And that was obviously in, you know, his last year at Illinois. So I think we've we're we're starting to see possibly a similar trend, and but but much earlier, you know, it's still January. That was mid February when he said that quote. So, whew, it, it's get ready for the next month because I don't know I don't know beyond Saturday. I think Saturday is probably K State's best chance at a win for the rest of the year. Oh, absolutely, and you know, hope you get to play Iowa State again. Maybe, maybe you get to host Iowa State at home. And then you get to be the 10th seed in the Big 12 tournament wherever it gets played. You might get to win one game. So, well, I mean, I, they'll be the ninth seed. That's the irony is they're not even the worst team in the conference. Iowa State's not going to win again unless they play K State. And it didn't look like the conference is going to reschedule that game because it doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> it's crazy. K State will be the ninth seed and play the eighth seed, a team that has no chance of beating probably in Kansas City or very little if it's TCU TCU's the one team left that you might be able to sneak up and get who's the seven seed right now is it OU is no it oh, no OU's in the top half of the conference OU's like third right now because they yeah they did run off the Oklahoma Oklahoma State, I think, right? I think, it, I think it, there's a huge tie at four and four but it's one of those teams so probably Oklahoma State on paper it's Oklahoma State you can't compete with them there's, what, four teams in the top 10 or five teams in the top 15? It's something insane. This conference is four. Is, this conference is absolutely insane at the top. And if, if, it, if K-State was a part of it, it would be really fun to talk about. It would be really exciting. And the fact that Bruce Weber is having such a bad year sucks. But this conference is absolutely incredible. And I don't know how good – even if K-State was good – or better than what they are, K-State still wouldn't be sniffing the top half of this conference. And I don't want to make excuses for what this basketball team is because this team deserves no excuses. They are bad, 
and it's bad right now. But wow, the Big 12 is absolutely the best conference in America right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy how good this conference is. It's nuts. There's nothing they can really do to salvage this. I mean, they're just not good enough to go on any run. They're so far behind the rest of the conference. They're the house in the rich neighborhood with the shutters that are hanging off that are crooked and they needs to be painted. You can't pick up your house and move to a neighborhood where you look the best. You're, this is your neighborhood. And it's time for renovations. We'll see who's in charge of doing that. I thought we were in the middle of the renovations, but it isn't going so well. Gilbert, if you're a player and you got to go through another month of this, another month, another, you've got at least eight more Big 12 games of getting your head bashed in. I don't know that I would stick around with the chance that I'd have to go through this again. I mean, people keep saying, if you fire Bruce, you're going to lose the players. I don't know, man. I think I think it's equally devastating if you don't make a change because if I'm a player, I'm like, are we going to do this again next year? Because this isn't good for my mental health. And I mean that sincerely. This isn't healthy for these kids to go through this. That's why I, of all people, Mr. Kamaldu, after a loss no matter what guy, uh, actually requested no players because it's not fair to them to have to answer these questions. This isn't entirely their fault. They were recruited here And if they don't belong here, that's not their fault. If they're not prepared to play, that's not entirely their fault. Some of it has to sit at their feet, but they have a coach for these things. They have coaches for these things. They shouldn't have had to answer questions after that. That was just awful. And I hope I didn't step on anyone's toes by saying, no, let them them go. Let them just not deal with us right now. Get the guy out here who deserves to answer the questions. And even he tried to say, well, we got to be short. we got to get a flight to get back. Dude, you don't have to go through the airport security because your flight's at 1030. It's a charter. They'll wait on you. You're paying the bill. <sighs> Folks, we appreciate you listening. I know it's not easy to hear us talk about K-State basketball. And from the downloads, we can tell a lot of you have already checked out. But you might have checked out on this season, but you haven't checked out on K-State basketball. That's when it's really bad. That's where we were with K-State football. We just didn't care. We didn't have hope. We didn't actually go for the comedic value of the game. At least I did in college. I mean, it, it was so bad at times, you just had to laugh. And luckily, you could smuggle in alcohol and you could handle it better. We didn't care. We didn't have any hopes or dreams that Bill Snyder could ever resurrect the program just be good enough not to be embarrassing that's where football was god don't let that happen to basketball again we came out of that people had stopped caring after asbury and woldridge and even altman to a lesser extent there was still some hope there and maybe the hope got dana and he left on his own We stopped caring. We let coaches go for six seasons each that shouldn't have gone that long. We got to hit the reset button. It was a gift from God to get Bob Huggins and then Frank Martin and then the early period of Bruce Weber. It's all gone now. 
I appreciate you listening. I really do. It will get better, and we will follow this at GoPowerCat all the way. We will cover this. We will be honest with you, and we will tell you when we think it's absolute time, and we're getting there. But for now, let's see how this plays out. Let's see where we're headed. Gene Taylor, it's in your hands. But this has always been and always will be a school that believes it should prosper in basketball. And if we lose that hope for a second time in this generation, it lies at our own feet because we let it happen. I'll talk to you next week. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.